0: One of the things that the Bible says about God's nature over and over again is that he's full of loving kindness. The beautiful Hebrew word is hesed, and it speaks of God's loyal love. God is kind, but his kindness does run out. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance, but it's possible to reject the kindness of the king. We'll look a little deeper at that subject, the sobering subject, of that kindness rejected today on walk in truth welcome to walk in truth with michael lance walk in truth is a ministry of living truth christian fellowship it's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with god's truth to all people and now here's pastor michael Now David had been looking for ways to show kindness and one of the people that he showed kindness to was a young man named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was uh, lame in his legs and David wanted to show someone from the house of Saul if there was anybody remaining based upon a covenant that he had made with Jonathan and he showed kindness to Mephibosheth. David was in many ways a kind man. Kindness should be one of the things that reflects your life, and maybe it's something that you need to get better at. Kindness is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is not always about being nice, but it is about being kind. I remember uh, years ago, I was coaching Little League, and there was another coach that was kind of getting under my skin and pulling some shenanigans. And I remember one of the Little League dads, we were in a little bit of a heated Conflict about something that was going on, and he looked at me and he goes, Pastor Michael, you don't have to be nice. You don't, and I, I went, praise the Lord. That, that's good information. That's good to know. But we should be kind. Is there a difference? Well, kindness, if you're looking for a definition this morning, it's a good way to start. Kindness is goodness in action. Kindness is goodness in action. Kindness is going to bear itself out by deeds, by what you do, how you act, what you say to other people. Are you a kind individual? Well, Micah 6.8 says these words. He has told you, O man, Micah 6.8, what is good, what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require of you? He wants you to be a just person. He wants you to be a kind person. He wants you to walk in humility. And so kindness is not merely goodness as a quality. It is goodness in action. It is goodness expressing itself in deeds. Peter said, putting aside all malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. In Luke 6, 35 and 36, Jesus said, Love your enemies, do good, lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. For he himself, God himself, Jesus says, is kind, to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Luke 6, 35 and 36. And then you all know this verse. The Bible says, love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous, it does not brag, and it is not arrogant. Kindness is love's expression. 1 John three sixteen says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. So maybe one simple thing that you could do this new year is to say, Lord, make me a more kind person. It's not something, by the way, that you have to produce. It's something that the Holy Spirit does as a fruit in your life. Love is patient. Love is kind. There's some salvation verses that describe God's kindness. It says in Titus 3, 4, when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, just write this down for your notes. It says, God being rich, In his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come, Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And then, In Romans 10, we are given this image by the Apostle Paul, but concerning Israel, the Lord says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. God is kind. Psalm 63 says that the Lord's loving kindness is better than life, but kindness is not something that you have to necessarily respond to. Some people you try to be kind to and you frankly get a cold shoulder. And God paints this picture through the pen of Paul that all day long, he extends his hands to Israel. He wants to be kind to Israel, but Israel is calloused in response to his kindness. There's some people that we say we are trying to kill them with kindness. And sometimes trying to kill people with kindness kills you. Can I get a witness? Sometimes it's just hard. You're like, I've been trying to kill this person with kindness, but frankly, I just want to kill him. (laughs) Help me, Lord. It's hard, especially when you're trying to produce kindness apart from the power of the Spirit. I remember some years ago, there was a pastor who said he was visiting an area that... uh, is dominated by another religion, and everybody, he was going through some of their buildings, everybody had a phony plastic smile. He said it was almost sickening. You can see through phony kindness, can't you? I mean, it's, it's often shown in a plastic smile, but for all intents and purposes, it's not worth much. Now, sometimes we say, Lord, I'm just going to try to be kind and just let the emotions follow. I know what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's a little manna humor for you this morning, by the way. But anyway. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, knowing that it's the kindness of God that leads you to what? To repentance. It's your kindness, O Lord, that leads us to repentance. An old him by Maranatha. Knowing that you love us no matter what we do makes us want to love you too. But imagine how many times a day God extends his hand. He lets it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and many people shake their fist at God and his kindness all day long. The next breath that you draw is from God. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, James 1.17, in whom there is no variation or shifting or shadow. God is good. And he's been so good to us. But oftentimes we live our lives like he's done nothing for us at all. And so a psalm says, do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Psalm 25, verse 7. Now, David is going to, in our story, try to reach out in kindness. And as he casts the shadow of the Messiah, we're going to see kind of how this response happens and how it points ultimately to this kind of cosmic situation going on. Pick up the story with me. 2 Samuel 10, verse 1. 2 Samuel 10, 1. Now, it happened afterwards or in the course of time, if you have the NIV, 2 Samuel 10, 1. The king of the Ammonites died, and Hanun, his son, became king in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanun, the son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent some of his servants to console him concerning his father. But when David's servants came to the land of the Ammonites, and this sets the picture for a second, we're going to see that the treatment wasn't very positive. It happened in the course of time. We don't know the exact time, but it happened afterwards, says the New American Standard, the king of the Ammonites. By the way, the the, the Ammonites were an ancient uh, enemy of Israel. In 1 Samuel 11, Saul uh, had a victory over the Ammonites. And just a side note, one of the gods of the Ammonites was a god named Molech. Molech was a terrible, detestable idol, Worshiped by the people of Ammon. By the way, 1 Kings 11 says that Solomon, when he was old, because the many foreign women in his life pushed his heart away from God, set up a high place to Molech. And tonight, if you come back for 633, I'll tell you a little bit more about what people did to worship this God, Molech. It is disgusting and horrible. But anyway, David decided that he was going to show kindness. I don't know what Nahash had done for David, but it may be that Nahash, who was the the father of Hanun, uh, had a peace treaty with David when he was running from Saul. Nahash, by the way, his name means serpent. (laughs) Or you've heard the idea of nakash. It's actually a, a word in one of those words in Hebrew that when you say it, kind of has a sound that relates to the meaning. It means serpent or snake and when you say Nakash you kind of hear it, right? So David hears that Nakash or Nahash has died and his son is now ruling in his place and David's first inclination verse 2 is to show kindness to Hanun the son of Nahash. Now Obviously, when someone loses a loved one, we want to express condolences. And uh, we might send a letter or give a phone call or show up somewhere. And that was David's heart. David wanted to express kindness. The word kindness, I've described it to you before as we, uh, at the outset of this message. But uh, kindness in the Hebrew or loving kindness is... Hey listening family, I want to tell you a little bit more about the store at walkintruth.com and I'd like to highlight a teaching we have up there. It's called The Anatomy of a Fall and it's from 2nd Samuel 11 and 12. How can we keep from falling to sexual sin in a culture like ours? Well, we've tackled this and put it on the radio recently. I know you can benefit from it. You can also pass it along to a friend. It's available in CD and DVD format. And you go to walkintruth.com, click on the store. And when you purchase a product, you are partnering with us to help us reach more people like you. When you buy something, it goes directly to paying for radio airtime. So walkintruth.com, click on the store, and look for The Anatomy of a Fall. Purchase it, pass it along to somebody else, and you'll be partnering with this radio ministry. We appreciate it. God bless you. Now, obviously, when someone loses a loved one, we want to express condolences. And uh, we might send a letter or give a phone call or show up somewhere. And that was David's heart. David wanted to express kindness. The word kindness, I've described it to you before as we, uh, at the outset of this message. But uh, kindness in the Hebrew or loving kindness is a word that means the door of mercy in the Hebrew picture language. It's a famous word. You've probably heard it before. It's chesed. And it speaks of loyal love. It speaks of the loving kindness of God that his love never fails. It never gives up on me. He is loyal in his love. It's it's a word that speaks of covenant love. It's a word that is, is beautiful, and it's something that should reflect the people of God. And so David says, I want to show Hased to Hanun, the son of Nahash. I'd like to console him. So he sent a delegation, this is the end of verse 2, to console him concerning his father. A delegation that was representative of the king. They went out from David, representing David. And they went to, you might say, the son of the snake. <laughs> And here's what happened. The princes of the Ammonites said to Hanun, their new young king, their lord, verse three, do you think that David is honoring your, your father because he sent consolers to you? Has David not sent his servants to you in order to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? Oh, be careful, king, said the advisors, and these may have been military men. David's not just simply coming here to to wish you condolences and pat you on the back. Oh, no, no, no. He's got ulterior motives, and his ulterior motives is he's come to spy out your land, to see where the weaknesses are, and to one day overcome us. And they poison the well. There are some people, you live long enough in this world, you can get a little bit calloused, if you've been burned enough times, and if someone tries to show you kindness, you're always looking for the attached string. Can I get a witness? What do you mean? You just want to be nice to me? What's the fine print? Where's the string or the rope, as it were? And we live in a world like that where it's often wise to be a little bit cynical, right? Hmm, and maybe part of the reason we've become so calloused is because there's not a lot of kind people anymore. And when someone's kind to us, just for the sake of kindness, it shocks us. If you open the door for somebody at a store, it's a delightful thing. And when they do it for you, you've ever had a friend of yours say, no, you go, you go, no, you go, you go, you go. Age before beauty, beauty, I don't know. Jesus, the book of Acts from the mouth of Peter says that he went around doing good. Oh, that the church would be known for going around and doing good. Amen? Sometimes the goodness and kindness that you show to people opens up the door for the gospel. By the way, people, after they find out you're a Christian, they'll watch you for a while. And you often, in our culture, look, we're in a cynical culture right now, You have to earn the right to be heard. People are automatically suspicious of many individuals, especially Christians. Why is it? Well, sometimes it's because we've shot ourselves in the foot and sometimes it's just because of the way people are. You may be in here and maybe you're new to Christianity and you've had a friend telling you, I don't believe that stuff. Uh, I, I watched a person who claimed to be that in some context and they disappointed me and they hurt me. And sometimes there are people, maybe friends in your life, who poison the well. They say to you, oh, don't don't bother with that stuff. That stuff's not real because they ran into a hypocrite. And I would just say to you, don't let a hypocrite keep you out of heaven. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And so these advisors said, oh, no, 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 no. You, you can't trust that this is just some sincere expression from the king of Israel. No, it can't be that. And as you see David casting the shadow of the Messiah, I think there are many people who sometimes don't want to come to Jesus because they've had other friends tell them, you can't trust that. Or, or people will say, don't, don't go too far with this Jesus thing right? So you have to be careful who you listen to. And so many people have been talked out of the gracious offer that the king extends. Jesus said, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, stones those sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you would not have it. Behold, your house is left to you, desolate. When you reject the kindness of God, what do you have left? And yet so many people do that. And God takes no pleasure in that. And so Hanun, listening to his unwise advisors, took David's servants four, and shaved off half of their beards and cut off their garments in the middle as far as their hips and sent them away. Now, not only, I mean, Hanun could have said, you know what, I've got some serious reservations about you guys as a delegation and what David's motives may be. Why don't you just leave the city? But he didn't do that. He treated them shamefully and shaved off half their beards. Last night, in preparation of this message, I said, honey, I'm thinking about shaving off half of my goatee vertically. And I'm just going to put up a sad picture of myself up on the screen. And I said, what do you think of that? And she said, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so that's why I didn't do it. I, I even thought about preaching half of this message with my, half of my goatee missing. But then I thought, you guys would be so distracted, you would not even pay attention to your Bibles. Now, in Jewish culture, my understanding is that all men wore beards. This, this is what they did. They had beards, and a beard was a sign of your manhood. And also, there are verses in the book of Leviticus and other places in the books of Moses that talk about you shouldn't be messing with your beard, and if you do, in some way, it can express uh, not keeping the law or the Torah. Here's a few. Jewish men were supposed to keep their beards intact, Leviticus 19.27. 21.5, 21.5, Deuteronomy 14, 1 and 2. To tamper with a man's beard was a great is, uh, insult. Except for the performance of certain religious rituals, Leviticus 14.9, Numbers 6.18, and Ezekiel 5.1, or to express profound emotional distress, Ezra 9.3, Israelite men always wore beards. To remove an Israelite male's beard was to force him to violate the Torah, Leviticus 19.27, and to show contempt for him personally, Isaiah 50, verse 6. Some of you recall that in the prophecies about the death of the Messiah, it does indicate that they tore out his beard. And in so doing, there was a deeper expression than just simply mockery or another way to humiliate an individual. For a Jewish man to do this it was something where you're trying to get him humiliated and in some ways to defile his commitment to the Torah, to the law. And so this is what they did. They treated these men with scorn and they shaved off half of their beards, and I would assume vertically, and then they cut off half of their garments. And if you read commentaries on this, the half of their garments probably means that they were exposed and humiliated like prisoners of war. They left, they sent them away with half their beards and half their clothes. And I won't give you any more detail, but I think you can understand what's going on here. If you've ever been humiliated by somebody, if you've ever had somebody do something shameful to you in front of others to mock you, you're starting to get a little bit of the picture of what happened here. They they shaved them, they they took their clothes and they sent them packing and they had to walk in disdain and, and I'm sure that the people were laughing at them and sent them away. Sad. Why, why do people do stuff like this? Why do people find such glee in mocking others and especially, I'll say to you, in mocking Christians? We go out as the delegation of the Lord. We're ambassadors of the Most High God, sent by the greater David into the world as though God were pleading through us for people to be reconciled to God. And sometimes the treatment we get is shameful. And what are we trying to do? I mean, we have brothers and sisters that are literally being killed for trying to share the hope of Christ. Well, David's men were shamed. The New Living Translation says, Hanun seized David's ambassadors, shaved off half of each man's beard, cut off their robes at the buttocks and sent them back to David in shame. Packing, embarrassed, shaved. And all for what reason? Because they wanted to console the new king. When they told it to David, verse 5, he sent to meet them. For the men were greatly humiliated, and the king said, stay at Jericho until your beards grow, and then return. How long does it take a beard to grow back? Well, it depends on your ability to grow facial hair. Some people can grow a beard in three hours. Have you met somebody like this? You say How long has it been since you shaved? I shaved it two. Man, you got a 15 o'clock shadow. Forget about a five o'clock shadow. What's up with you, brother? And then there's other people who grow hair, but not in the places where they want hair. You talk to some people and they say, there's hair growing out of my ears and stuff like that on my back, but I can't grow it where I'd like to locate it. What in the world's going on? It's a fallen world, brother. (laughs) That's That's all I can say to you. One writer says, new beards don't always erase old wounds. How long does it take to get your dignity back? You may be in here... This morning and something happened over the holidays and man you're you're trying to figure out how to deal with a wound someone said something sideways to you someone humiliated you some of you can remember a statement made to you on a childhood playground that's how deep wounds can go words do hurt and actions like this obviously make it even worse Jericho, by the way, if you look at verse 5, stay in Jericho until your beards grow, was the first Israelite settlement west of the Jordan River on the main road back to Jerusalem. Here's the application. David comforted these men in their humiliation, spared their dignity. He allowed for their honor to be restored. This way they wouldn't have to face their families, friends, and stand shamed in the royal court. David said, just stay there. And oftentimes when we're hurting, thinking about David casting the shadow of Jesus, that's what Jesus says to us. He allows us to regain our dignity. Hey, listening family, I want to tell you a little bit more about the store at walkintruth.com. And I'd like to highlight a teaching we have up there. It's called The Anatomy of a Fall, and it's from 2 Samuel 11 and 12. How can we keep from falling to sexual sin in a culture like ours. Well, we've tackled this and put it on the radio recently. I know you can benefit from it. You can also pass it along to a friend. It's available in CD and DVD format. And you go to walkintruth.com, click on the store. And when you purchase a product, you are partnering with us to help us reach more people like you. When you buy something, it goes directly to paying for radio airtime. So walkintruth.com, click on the store, and look for The Anatomy of a Fall. Purchase it, pass it along to somebody else, and you'll be partnering with this radio ministry. We appreciate it. God bless you, and we'll catch you next time on Walk in Truth. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.